Hello there. there. Welcome back to Star Wars in a Galaxy. Coming at you all with episode 90. I'm Jacob. I'm Eli. And today we are going to be continuing in our chronological rewatch of season one of The Bad Batch. We are going to be looking at Infested and War Mantle. These are the two last episodes or the two the two episodes of the season which are not the finale before the finale so we're starting to build we're starting to get that build up in war mantle starting to get that excitement going um so yeah that's what we're going to be doing today um anything else to add eli no just welcome back to star wars in a galaxy watching all the star wars we can get our hands on um i hope you all enjoyed uh buck versus jerry i forgot to mention that last episode and i realized i i should have uh, but we're recording a lot of these in advance, but I, I just wanted to say, hope you enjoyed EC7. We got some great stuff coming with you for EC8. Obviously, you know EC8 is going to be Big Chungus versus Bangers and Smash, and we, 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 we've we been having such a fun time preparing for that, and we hope to bring that to you soon. But no, let's, let, if if you're good, then let's get into these the episodes, uh, summary-wise. Uh, which one do you want to do? Um... I guess I can do infested since sure you're you're not a fan of that one. I, I really am not. <laughs> so in Infested, Bad Batch return to Ord Mantell, only to find that Sid has been kicked out of her tavern. She has been kicked out, and in her place, a uh, a a wannabe on the on the up and coming uh a wannabe up and coming um crime lord by the name of a uh, roland has, roland has taken over roland durand has taken over taken over her um her tavern in a bid to help secure himself as the number one crime boss on ord mantel and start making a name for himself however they do find sid um who devises a plan to steal a shipment of spice that durand uh, wants to sell to the Pike Syndicate, um, and in doing so, she wants to uh, erode his his power and be able to um, to take back um, what is hers. So the Bad Batch, they they go along with her. They help her. They steal um, they steal the spice. Um, they go through these underground tunnels to do so. They have the they have the run in with these these insects. Um, Erlings. Which almost caused a lot of the pardon? Erlings. The Erlings, which almost caused a lot of problems. Um they successfully steal the spice. Um sorry, wait, I'm I'm having trouble keeping it. They they steal the spice, but head. uh so so it's the distraction with uh what's her name? Ruby. Bolo and Ketch distract distract with uh uh Roland to get him out of there with Ruby. Um, do you want me to take it over? I just watched this episode this afternoon. I don't know what's wrong with me. Uh, yeah, I, nothing's um, wrong with you. It's the episode. Um, <laughs> it's a little convoluted. Yeah, you can take it over um, if, you, if you like. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Bolo and Catch, the two mainstays of Sid's bar, lead uh, Roland out uh, by luring him with Ruby, who he's taking an affinity to. Um, but Ruby gets out of their hands, and Roland manages to see that Sid and the Batch are taking the spice. Uh, he then gets them arrested by the Pike Syndicate, who then hold Omega 
hostage until they go back and get the sl- the spice which they dropped during the rescue. They do that. They might or might not have provoked the storm of Erlings um, while they were doing that. Uh, hijinks ensue, but everything is fine, and they get Omega back. And Roland is left alive, although the Pike Syndicate cuts off his horn. Um, and then the Pikes leave Lord Mantell. And that's the and and presumably, we don't know this for a fact, but like it's it's very much hinted at the end of the episode that the bar is returned back to Sid's ownership. Um so yeah, uh, do you wanna just like where do we start with this episode? I don't know. Um so we just take it from the top, you know. Um, personally, I think that um, Omega's natural helping instincts seem a bit misplaced here because in the beginning of this episode, we kind of have a we're forced to reckon as viewers with Sid's character, you know, and who and who she is because it's a complicated issue, you know. Omega has forged, a, especially Omega, you know, they've all forged a bit of a relationship with Sid, but especially Omega, um, Sid has genuinely been shown some kindness to her, helped her out. But at the same time, you know, Sid, she is blatantly exploiting them. She's sending them on dangerous missions with little information. She's not paying them enough. She's trapping them in debt. Um, She's using the threat of exposing them to the Empire to to keep them in line. Um, Which kind of begs, or it asks this this question, which is a very... um, it's a very common question in Star Wars, I think, um, or questions like this, which is how far are you going to stick your neck out to help someone that you know would not or may not do the same for you? Or you even know? who would, you know, like connecting to War Mantle, or even who would do the same for you, yeah. you know? They stuck out their next big time for Gregor, um, and none of them knew Gregor. Frankly, we don't even know how Rex knows Gregor. Yeah, that's um, a good point. That's a good point. Like you have some people like uh, Luke, because I asked Skywalker, who yeah. would rescue his, who would go well out of his way to rescue even his worst enemy. Then on the other end of the spectrum, you have someone like Cad Bane, who can't stop being a massive, can't stop being a massive dick to his own droid. Who 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 is the living definition of yeah. could not give a fuck? Yeah, and um, and where what, yeah. and I think this episode and a lot and this season is all or one of the things that the season is about that we've talked about a lot that we're gonna have to talk about more is the bad batch and especially i think hunter especially hunter kind of he's reckoning with where does he fall on the the spectrum of neck sticking outness you could say yeah i i absolutely agree with you that i think omega's judgment in this episode is a little weirdly written but it's not about sid like sid i like you could kind of fudge it for me the one that's really weird and this is kind of jumping to the end of the episode is that she decides to uh beg uh the pikes for to spare roland when there is literally no reason presented for the episode for her to like have any sympathy towards her Uh, well i mean there's no reason for us to have sympathy because you know we've just come from watching the clone wars you know we as you know viewers we're the omnipotent viewer, we have a more jaded perspective. But from Omega's perspective, you could argue that there is a very strong reason to, which is simply that, you know, she has a very, um, you know, she clearly has a very big heart and she's not, she still has a very kind of optimistic and not jaded perspective on things. And she just doesn't want to see someone get hurt. That could be all Yeah, I, I think, 
I, I for me it it seemed a bit of a stretch. I will just say. I think for me it seemed a bit of a stretch. I would have liked like like I like that conversation between Roland and Omega. I I thought there was going to be a more sympathetic reason. Like there was he was going to say something that would really resonate with her, and that she would relate to that. Um. In in, in 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 some way or another and i think that kind of could have been used in this episode um to against like like R roland made their lives a living hell this episode why the heck would omega turn around and you know, like like she is she, like like you know she is a very noble person but like she i i just if i find it a bit implausible for me that's yeah, just i, I think that's just reach. who I think that's just who her character is. I think what that that's that's exactly what this is showing is that to her it's simply it's a matter of why are you going to hurt this guy for no reason? Yeah. You know? Like why would you do that? Yeah. I so I guess. More, yeah. It just shows it just shows who she is and the kind of experiences that she's had where she's coming from yeah. where she hasn't been through this nasty brutal war and she doesn't have such a she, she doesn't have such a jaded perspective on things, you know? Yeah. She sees things um, very differently from the rest of the batch. Speaking of Roland, I want to get to this guy. So specifically, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let it out here. I'm not the biggest fan of Infested as an episode. I can say I really, really like 14 out of the 16 episodes of The Bad Batch. And Quartered and Infested are not, are the two that are not in that category. Um... And I will, and I, and to give some backstory about this, I, uh, for that first, uh, proto epic confrontation I did on the Bombadcast channel, Bombadcast versus the Nerd Academy podcast, um, I did a question. I wrote a question about this episode, uh, and it was asking for the name of the guy who takes over Sith Bar, Roland Durand. I expected nobody to get it because I know that a lot of people didn't like this episode. Um, Scotty actually got it and he told me later he'd studied for it. I'm <laughs> like, okay. I, again, this was this was me well writing done, trivia Scotty. questions when when um this was me writing trivia questions when I thought like oh this was gonna be a one and done thing what like epic confrontations was an idea so I was trying to make it as, as like as annoying and as dastardly as I possibly could so I'm like okay we're gonna do the episode from the bad batch that nobody likes um but moving on here's my thing you cannot convince me otherwise Roland Durand is the Toro Calican of the bad batch. Mm, what do you mean by that exactly? He, I, I feel like they're kind of the same character. That cocky upstart who's getting, who's dragged into like, uh, who's dragged dragged into a situation like the criminal underworld like way too soon, and they think they have control. They're these arrogant, smug, you know. You know what? You're right. Yeah, guys. you're right. Yeah. It's they're both clearly, they both have. They come in with a lot of swagger. They're like, oh, I'm gonna. I'm going to be the next big thing, you know, I'm going to make a name for myself. And then they don't really, they just don't really have what it takes. Yeah. Um, and, and I know that, that the, um, the, uh, the gunslinger, uh, not a lot of people like that episode. I think I like that episode a little bit, a little bit more than a lot of people do. Um, but not because of Toro. Um, I actually quite like that episode in spite of Toro, honestly. Um, uh, but yeah, but like I, I like those characters I like really like get at me. I don't know why. They just they just they just nag at me. Um and well, um 
yeah. something just occurred to me to go back to what you what we were talking about with um to go back to Roland and um and Omega. I think part of the reason that Omega um Omega kind of sticks up for him is because she can obviously she is you know she's very savvy she's extremely insightful and perceptive that's something you know about her she she knows or sent or at least senses that clearly like roland is not like a he's not some like hardened lifelong like brutal criminal like he's he's like starting out he's trying to he's trying to fake it till he makes so, it like you know she sees his vulnerability is what i think saying? she sees his vulnerability she sees that yeah she sees that this is not necessarily who he is and and she says as much she says like he made a mistake like he yeah. said like she but she kind of implores them like just chalk it up to a mistake the subtext of that is kind of like this guy doesn't really know what he's doing like he's just like he's just trying to make a name for himself like he didn't really understand the implications um and and from her side of that he doesn't really know yeah he doesn't really know who he is this is not necessarily all that he is or all who he is so it's not worth treating him like it is yeah i i actually really like that i i i quite like that interpretation and i i, I guess my my thing is i wish they had presented that a little bit more I think this is a theme we have with the Bad Batch. Again, as much as I love the show, sometimes I feel like the subtext needs to be the text. Mm, yeah, that's sometimes. Sometimes subtext just needs to be subtext, but you're right. Yeah. Sometimes it does need to be a... Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's just... It, it's, it's just a really, like... And, like, the bugs appeared in this episode. That's the other thing. The bugs appeared in this episode. The earlings appeared in this episode far less than I thought that, than I remember they did. Um, like, I thought it was going to be a major conflict in the episode, like, with the bugs. It really wasn't. They spent, like, a total of three or four minutes fighting those bugs. Yeah. Yeah, like, I remember that as being much more, um, there wasn't much danger to that. It, the there, there it wasn't, and, really. and they set up set it up as a very Chekhov's gun situation, you know, with the whole like, oh, yeah. don't don't make any noise. And I knew like immediately. I mean, obviously because I'd watched this episode before, but like also because that's just storytelling. Is oh, they said don't make a noise because it'll awaken the the bugs, and then the and so that means the bugs must awaken for the story. Um, yeah. And it, and they did, but neither time was it really a huge problem because they just saw that light attracted them away. I mean, tech made that light bomb, which I guess was cool. Um, yeah, it's um... yeah. I think I think one of the problems that the Bad Batch faces sometimes, and that that it kind of gets tripped up with, is you know they kind of yeah they kind of misuse Chekhov's gun or part one of the the main conflict doesn't really hit that hard i think that's a problem that they they deal with it's it's this episode just for for me doesn't make a ton of sense um uh i i i said this episode and i will stand by this um sid giving the backstory for why she didn't own her bar anymore about roland taking it over and why he was taking it over and his mother, who's hardened criminal Issa Durand, that's all. That's all more interesting than the plot of this episode. 
Yeah. Like, I'm, uh, it just is. Like, I, I, I would love to see that. I mean, I know it wouldn't involve the batch as much. I mean, you could work rework the plot to make it involve the batch, but, but like that is a that is a far more interesting plot than what we got this episode. Um, and Absolutely, for me, yeah. and for me, like again, and it hits it 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 hits um a bit for me because the Bad Batch is a spinoff of the Clone Wars. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you don't have to watch the Clone Wars to watch it, but come on having watched the clone wars before it is basically like a rule uh um, yeah again not like, again i, mean, I don't want to i don't want to gatekeep anybody i don't i do not want to gatekeep anything i'm just saying that this show heavily re re relies on the clone wars before it and rebels after it no pretty much all all new star wars on-screen content at this point assumes that you've watched a truly massive back catalog of well, media not every, I will say not everything. everything I will say not everything um I think the Mandalorian season one did very good with that yeah I think, well, I think that, that kind of the I think that Andor season one has also done very good with that actually yeah I think that that the the big kind of the live action especially you know the big the big headliner pieces I guess you could call them the headliner shows like Andor and Bad Bat, or like Andor and Mandalorian, you know, the ones that are going to get a lot of, a lot of attention, the most attention kind of outside of, speci specifically outside of hardcore Star Wars fandom, are going to be more accessible. But then we see shows like The Bad Batch, where you're really, really, if you're jumping in for the first time, you're really, really, really not getting the most out of the show whatsoever. Yeah, and and um, uh, my my point, by the way, about that is that um, uh, and and I was gonna say also like, but like with Obi Wan Kenobi, this is what I was gonna say about that. In contrast to Obi Wan Kenobi, I do feel like there's some stuff you need to have watched before that, in a way that I don't feel about with Andor or Mandalorian. And I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying that I think I think there are certain Star Wars that fall into certain categories. I feel like in that way and it's not all like one or the other it's obviously a spectrum my point with all of this was i always look at this episode what are we getting like what is the characters learning what are we learning about uh, uh, in this episode what are we learning in this episode that the pikes are bad we already know the pikes are bad there are like five six episodes of the clone wars about the pikes are bad yeah <laughs> we we've well we've established that the pikes are bad yeah um and like 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 the the uh what what like the gal the galactic underworld is big and tangling with in it is like really messy yeah no shit sherlock um like what i'm i it's been a problem i've had with this episode for a long time and again i hate being negative i really don't like being negative about star wars i want to like this stuff and there is stuff i liked in this episode but i'm just struggling for me to find okay what am what are we getting out of this yeah they could have gone they could have taken it a lot further in many directions. Even just taking it a little further, I think, would have made it hit very differently. Like, you know, they could have got into, you know, Roland and maybe, you know, the pressure that he feels, you know, from his his mom and, and you know, kind of his heritage of his family being, you know, big time crime bosses and go into that or like go go more into Sid and them like really kind of reckoning and, you know, them confronting Sid you know, amidst this, amidst this rescue and amidst them kind of, amidst them like really ponying up to try and help her out, that kind of reckoning yeah. being held and them confronting Sid and Sid 
you know, acknowledging, maybe grappling that maybe she hasn't been the most ethical and how that she's treated them. I'm not, there's just a yeah. lot more things. I'm, I'm right with you there. I think there are quite a few more things that this episode could have done um, to make it a bit more, a bit more engaging outside of the, um, outside of kind of the, uh, oh, this is the adventure of the day kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm not saying, by the way, um, I, I reject the idea that any, like, I know this is a common argument I've seen in fandom. I reject the idea that any episode that is not served, does not serve to move the plot forward is filler. I don't believe that's true. There are great episodes that are character development episodes, but we don't get yeah. any character development in this episode really either. Yeah. Well, I also, I also think we need to make a distinction between a series, just because an episode is not very serialized it doesn't mean that it doesn't move the plot forward. Yeah, absolutely. You know, 100%. I think Rebels yeah. is a great example of that. But at the, yeah, it's not necessarily that I despise episode. I, I'm not necessarily like trying to rail against filler here or, or call it filler. My point is just that, you know, not not every episode has to be like a groundbreaking revelation oh, of not. the characters. Not every episode has to be like a philosophical masterpiece. But it is frustrating when you see these things and they feel like they're right there and you know just a few a few extra lines here and there an extra an extra scene yeah. here and there a couple minutes allocated differently could have majorly changed the way the episode plays and i felt this a lot with that's corner when it's a little bit disappointing too. for me i felt this a lot with corner too um though i will say thinking back on that episode i, I realized maybe that is one of the things like about like why they're so why hunters constantly so scared about um omega and why like i forget i forgot like i forgot that in this like with with um war mantle i forgot that in war mantle she didn't go with them like that 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 strand uh led on far longer than i remembered it did um and uh i i but like again i I don't need everything to be the most groundbreaking anything. Again, that that like you said, I'm just wondering, like, I, I can tell you to various degrees what, every, what each of the 12 episodes before this, like, got us in terms of character development, in terms of world building, in terms of story, in terms of whatever. I yeah, can't I really think, pin it down on this one. Yeah. I, mean, I think it's been very, like like I said last episode, that's something that I think is very, very strong about the bad batch is they put in a little bit or a lot of character development every single episode yeah they don't really they don't really miss a beat on that which i do i do very much appreciate but on the other hand it does make episodes where there maybe maybe that isn't maybe that isn't the focus as much or maybe it's not as apparent it does make them kind of stick out yeah it does and make like, them stick out a little and that's bit. the other thing like I get, like, one of the arguments I was thinking of, I was, like, trying to figure anything out. I'm like, well, this expands Ord Mantell's world building a little bit. But I'd argue that Rampage does that even more and even better. With the whole Zygerian camp and all that kind of stuff. And, like, the first time they're on Ord Mantell and developing Sid's Bar and all that kind of stuff. Like, all we get here is the mining tunnels, which are cool, but, like, you know. um, it, it, it Infested just a, a really, like, like again, I, I think that that Raya Perlman is great as Sid. I think that the the D, D and Michelle Long as the Batcher always delights. But it 
I struggle with it this episode. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you there, to be honest. I am with yeah. you there. Uh, let's see. Uh, do you have anything else, or should we just go on to War Mantle? Um, I mean, I got some things. Not, not really, to be honest, you know? I mean, we could talk about, you know, the action tried. scenes. We tried, you know, they are, um, they are what they are. Um, not the greatest, not the one of the greatest episodes, um, but nothing, nothing terrible either. But I think the meat and the potatoes for us is War Mantle. War Mantle. If your um, thinking is anything like mine. <laughs> War, War Mantle is, is far better. I still have some issues with it and I'll explain a little later, but, um, uh, but uh, but in War Mantle, um, while traveling through hyperspace, uh, um, in, in the middle of a mission for Sid, um, Rex contacts the Bad Batch, um, with another mission for them. They are to rescue Clone Commando Gregor, who wants out of the Empire, um, after he was sent to a, uh, to be an instructor on the planet of Daro, um, and they're they're just trying to get him out of there. He tried escaping, failed. But hopefully they can do better. Um, they are. They land. Uh, I well, I forgot to mention they don't realize at first it's an imperial that that he's an imperial base. So they have they they get that revelation. Hunter Tech and Echo get in, and they um, they rescue um, Gregor. Along the rescue, they learn that 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 this base is a is like ground zero for Project War Mantle. Which is the, of course, the namesake of this episode, which is the Empire transitioning from clones into civilian soldiers, um, and you know, there's that that point where um, they blast one of the TK troopers, as they're called, um, and they they remove a helmet and they see it's not a clone face under there, um, and uh, Gregor explains this to all of them as they get out, and um, uh, eventually uh, Hunter Tech and Echo. Uh, get Gregor out, but they're boxed in. Um, the Havoc Marauder swoops by with Wrecker and Omega. Uh, Omega's flying it. How does she know how to fly it? It's just like a feeling. Um, <laughs> it, that's not in the episode, but I could not not mention that. Um, Omega be like, I got a feeling. <laughs> woo, woo. Anyway. Tonight's gonna be a good, a good flight. Oh, ayo. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so... Um, that is all. Apologies. So, so, uh, so Tech gets on. Echo gets on. Gregor gets on, and Hunter misses. Hunter misses, and he orders the squad to retreat without him. Um, uh, and they leave Daro without Hunter. Hunter is captured by the Empire. He, um, and, and while hold while being held in the cell on Daro, uh, he gets visited by none other than Crosshair. Um, and um, in addition to that. There's a tiny subplot with Camino going on here, um, where um, Nalase um, was trying to get uh, was trying to get some of the younger clones off of Camino, um, and uh, the Empire figured this out, and uh, uh, the yeah the the Empire figured this out and. Um, I was just looking up something just to make sure about this. Um, the the empire the, the empire figured this out, and um, 
arrested Nalase and Lamasu, but they said they have use for Nalase, so they're going to keep her, but they don't have any use for the Prime Minister Lamasu. Um, and we see two of their new heavy troopers, um, non-clone heavy troopers, um, converge on uh, Lamasu, and the door closes, and that is the episode. I mean, the episode technically ends with Hunter and Crosshair, but I just, that's the order I did it. What do you want to get yep. into with this episode first? Like, there's so much. Wow. There is a lot in this episode. There, 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 there is, is a lot so in much. this episode. Um, no, opening scene, opening, or yeah. right after the opening scene, I just want to point out one fantastic little detail. I thought Omega, she's she's working on Gonky, and she she tries to spin her. Um, she sees she sees a. She sees Hunter sitting there spinning his knife, and then she tries to learn how to do the same thing. That's funny. With I her didn't tool, that. it was just a funny little detail. I was like, "Wow, like that's Omega. That's Omega yep. for you." And like that's, brother, that's like sister. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, and and I I really liked for me I really liked that opening scene we talked last episode. How I'm a sucker for these ambiguous opening scenes. But like the yeah. editing was just so great. It was, it was it, again, we never really fully see Gregor, so it could be anybody, um, for all we know. And only when Rex calms them do we realize it's Gregor, which makes absolute sense, except for one thing that I will, uh, that's one of my decent issues with the episode that I'll get to later. Um, okay, okay. Uh, but, um, but the, but the chase with the massifs and the TK troopers and the clone commandos, we see the clone commandos are back is fantastic no notes chef's kiss love it um yeah, yeah. it is fantastic and and uh, i feel um, like daro is like the best animated planet like i think in this season maybe oh it's gorgeous yeah it's, it's just, like it's we, just draw, jake and i happened to hop in our uh zoom session today with the exact same background of daro <laughs> behind us um but no daro is just it, it just looks gorgeous it really does like even for this show, it's it's it is. I feel like they they've set the bar at Daro. No, what you like smell? I'm gonna screenshot it. Okay. Um, we both have the Daro background. Yeah, um, both both the Daro background. Yeah. On the on our Zoom call. Um, yeah, man. The I I mean I could just rave. I could rave about the animation and the visuals. Um, for hours, but. Man, I was looking at Dar, looking at the seats. I was like, "Man, what? Like, it was just absurdly well done." I was like, "Am I actually in Yosemite right now? Like, what is it, happening? It, it, this is it insane." It frankly just looks beautiful. Yeah, as does um, most of as does most of this show. Every yeah. scene, whether it's whether it's like the grime, the grimy tavern scenes, these beautiful vistas, they do it all, and they do it amazingly well. Yeah, absolutely. Um. So they get the distress call, and they have to, they have to decide. And going back to the theme of yeah. choices, and you know, choosing yeah. how far do we stick our neck out. You know, we we see them have to decide whether to finish the mission for Sid and get paid, as Echo suggests, or help Rex, well, as well, as Omega suggests. Well, Echo's actually Echo actually suggests rescuing um Gregor. I think it's Tech that recommends going back to Sid. Oh, 
You're yeah, right. You're right. You're cause, right. Because I was going to say I like Echo. The names. I I like Echo being the driving moral compass here. I it's I wish it was a role he played more during this season. But I I love the fact that he is sticking his neck out there for a clone because again, I feel like Echo should be, and this is just my interpretation, the moral compass like of of the four, not including Omega, but like the moral compass of the four because he, you know, he fought under Anakin, he fought under Rex, you know, he. He he learned under like genuinely good people doing genuinely good things. Not that the other three are bad people by any stretch of the imagination, but I feel like he is the most noble of all of them. Yeah, I hope they give Echo more more airtime and more focus in general in season yeah, two. I think he definitely got he definitely got the short end of the stick. Um, yep. Even compared to everyone else in the Bad Batch in this season, so I'm interested to see what they're going to do with it in season two. Um, but what's interesting also is that Hunter, Hunter says, I can't remember exactly what he says, he says, you're sending us to rescue a reg. Like the fact that he's surprised about it, about that as well. That is very interesting yeah. to me. That it was, is. that was slightly off putting, um, you know, just considering like, hey, you're all clones at the end of the day. Like, don't tell me don't tell me now you think the regs have no individuality and aren't worth aren't worth going out of your way for. So this is interesting. What do you what do you make of that? Well, there's that line, if we can jump ahead a little bit, that I love. And this is like again, like this is one of the strengths of the show, I feel like. The ability, like again, the dialogue writing when it does this is just fantastic. Those offhand remarks that are just like that just make you pause for a second. It's yeah. um it's that 100%. um where is it it's oh uh so i uh, uh so uh gregor upon finding out that the clone that the that uh, the bad batch are defective clones he says if you ask me it's the ones who want to stay here who are really defective <laughs> yeah again offhanded remark but like but again it makes you think who is the bad batch in the show is it the self like is it the the one that's t- titled like named or is it the batch of clones who don't who lack individuality who, who again partially not their fault but um who can't think for themselves who are you know, who are trapped um in an empire an imperial structure which as we've seen in this episode is going to throw them away when they're not useful to them anymore who yeah. is the real bad batch in this show? Yeah, and I think that's what makes it that's what makes that line all the more surprising. Yeah. To me, the one that I was originally originally talking about. Um so I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It's interesting. It's one of those great questions that and I and I really love that those those details are getting in there. And I, I hope that they're that like again. Uh, that is that is, I think, a question that very much could be, and I hope will be explored in the show. Is who is the bad batch? The easy answer is it's Hunter, Heck, Omega, Echo, um, Wrecker, and maybe Crosshair. But I don't think that's the answer to the question. Because to answer that, what you gotta understand what you gotta know what we mean by bad batch. What does the bad batch mean? Because, like, on one level, yeah. I think my explanation before about the, the clones, but I also think, like, that the the batch plus, like, like, like the, the Force 99 plus Hera 
and Caleb and Sid and the Martez sisters and um, Roland in a certain respect and um, Moochie and all of those outcasts from other galaxy. I think in all of in that sense, I think they could be the Bad Batch. Mm. You know, what I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, uh, I know what you it, mean. It's, yeah. it's it's cheesy to say, but but um, uh, a couple of things. First of all, I I I was wondering when I was going to say this one isn't relevant. I just want to say it, which is the Bad Batch is the is is um is was all was inside of us the entire time. Um, the real Bad but, Batch were the friends we made along the way. No, but that's actually the one I was going to go with next. The real Bad Batch were the friends we made along the way, which is cheesy as hell, but it actually could be true. Oh yeah, Ab- absolutely. I think. I think the idea of, I mean, when you really boil it down to what is the Bad Batch, aside from them being clones, you know, they're a group of misfits who've been thrown into a galaxy full of chaos, and they're just trying to find their way. Nothing about that is exclusive to the Batch, you know? Yeah, That's nope, something that so many people and characters are dealing with, especially at this time. A lot of the ones that they meet uh, absolutely. in particular. And- and, so, yeah. and and I, and I think that, that there there's a there's a lot there. Um, uh, do you have anything, or do you want me to go? I have something I want to talk. About. I uh, one of the main issues of this episode. I want to, I just want to rip off the mandate with this one, and I can't stand this. And all right, lead on. So, last time we saw Gregor, uh, yes. on Abafar in the missing missing in action, he um uh he he was you know he was buying time for. D squad to escape Abafar, and he got in a shuttle that exploded. In Rebels, he which was released before this, he shows back up and is magically alive, and we're like, cool, okay, fine, you know, somehow he survived that. That's fine. He He's pulled with Rex echo. now. What? He pulled an echo. Yes, but here's the thing. Then we cycle back retroactively to the Bad Batch, which you think would like maybe explain to us how he's still alive after that solo clash and how he knows Rex. But no. And it even like it, it's funny because I, I feel like it's taunting me a little bit because he, he even adds that line. I got I was in an explosion once and survived. I'm like, yes, but how? And again, yeah. I'm not like I'm not I, again I'm not one of those people like we need to know every little detail about anything. It's just weird to me. Um like again the no, why is always I... more important to the how than the how. But it's weird to me that they brought him back on two separate occasions and said nothing about it either time yeah it's possible it's very possible probable in fact in my opinion that star wars has maybe jumped the jumped the shark a little bit when it comes to how cavalier they are about just bringing characters back yeah and after look, they killed greater for good like, at the end of rebels Props to them. They act. They kill them for good at the end of Rebels. R.I.P. Like, to a real one. R.I.P. to a real one. But that's a hole in his chest. You know, that's 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 real death, which is something that Star Wars is, I feel like, having increasingly a bit afraid of problem with these days. Yeah. Um, but it, it it's it's just so weird to me that like that that the, the, they made a joke about it when they have no like. And again. Not even just how did he survive? How did he get back to the Republic? How did he meet Rex? Like, you're just supposed to go with it. And like, you know, we know Rex knows Gregor in Rebels, but that's ahead in the timeline. We like, like retroactively, we can use that. But like, 
if we're watching the chronological order like this, which I'm not, I'm not saying everybody is, I'm just saying like, like if you think about it, this is the first time Rex and Gregor is, uh, like, like seem to have known each other, and there's just no explanation for that. Um, which again, yeah, I think... all this sounds extremely pedantic, and it probably is, but like, no, not at all, not at all. Yeah. It's a valid thing to valid thing to 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 go huh about. I think even just a few, even just a couple lines, you know, even just yeah. like a like a oh that. You know, just a line about like the toughness of the clone commando armor. You know, just something flippant sure. that Gregor would say. Fantastic, yeah. And just sprinkle in one or two of those, and yeah, you're golden, or you're Absolutely. much better. You're much better off than yeah. you would be, I think. And um, I and I and I honestly think that um, it would not have bothered me so much had they had he not joked about it, it later in the episode. Like um, the fact that they the fact that they brought it up. But then refuse to actually address it, rather yeah. than just not addressing it altogether. So you would have preferred if they had just, just left it all to the imagination. I'm, I I don't think that would be good, but I think that would be better than bringing mm. it up, and then joking about it, and then just like not like what, <laughs> and it's just leaving it there. It's a little strange. Like like again, like like talk all you want about. Star Wars is vague, like, explanations of people coming back, you know. I hear a lot of, you know, dark, like, I know a lot of people are angry at somehow Palpatine returned, dark science cloning, blah, blah, blah. They attempt to explain it. Whether you like their attempt or not is, like, like, is, is irrelevant because they attempt, like, like, not irrelevant. It's, like, whether you like it or not is one thing, but another thing is they, they do attempt to explain it. And Maul, they try to do that too. Like they, he was kept alive by his rage. I don't like that answer much personally. I know people like that more than me. With this, there is literally nothing. Um, and yeah. that 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 just that it it just feels really strange to me. It feels very jarring to me. Um, but I I want to get away from stuff I don't like about this episode, and but and to stuff I do like because there is a lot I do like in this episode. One well, of the things got... I, I really like in this episode is did you notice that um they were rushing through the hallways trying to defeat the tk troopers which we can oh the tk troopers which are the which are proto stormtroopers yeah um did you hear those original trilogy themes i did hear the original trilogy themes yes and speaking of original trilogy um it's it's pretty clear also that the tk um that and it had the helmets of the tk troopers are based on the um very clearly heavily based on the original ralph mcquarrie uh, concept art yeah I had that as a note for too. the stormtroopers yeah. i love when i love when um shows when they when they pay homage when they pay homage to the original um the original concept art and, and reuse it and things like that maybe that's Absolutely. one of the reasons why rebels, i love rebels yeah so rebels does it all the freaking time hashtag shameless rebels plug yeah absolutely um, and and I think one of my favorite things about this episode is we have seen the Bad Batch living in the era of the imperialized republic. Yeah, it was called the Empire, but it looked like the republic just more militarized. Well, we're we're in this era of the republic, yeah. Yeah. or we're in this era of the Empire, which we've seen before. Where it's yeah. this era of the Empire is. It's all still Republic stuff, just painted gray. Yeah. That's the era that we're in. 
absolutely. <laughs> but this is the galactic fucking empire. Absolutely, like there's no yeah. there's no two ways around it. This is the empire. Yeah. This is like like all the stuff we know and love from Rebels, Rogue One, original trilogy, all that stuff in that era. Like absolutely they're like like you know, by the time we'll by the time we come around to Fallen Order, which takes place in a few years, um, yeah. you know, we don't see a single clone in sight. Yeah. No, it screams even just the architecture, the way the base is, it screams Empire, I think. For some reason. I, I can't remember which episode of the Mandalorian is, but the episode where they the episode where they raid the um the Imperial Science uh the science facility with the, the cloning siege. and the the siege, yeah. This it, it for some reason this facility just screams the siege. The siege yeah, to and me. It, it, it's a hundred percent of it. It screamed an episode empire. to me like stealth strike when Ezra and the crew uh, um go to board that interdictor cruiser. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're rollicking around those hallways. It's a classic Star Wars, like, get away from the bad guys sort of thing. And you know what I mean? Like, it, 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 it feels original trilogy era for the first time. Like, or at least has sparks of that um, original trilogy era. And by the way, how did they escape from that base on Daro? Shuttle. Do you remember how, do you remember how, how they escape? Reactor it, It's through an exhaust port. Yeah. Which is, of course, essential to the destruction of the Death Star in A New Hope. <laughs> Again, I don't think that was coincidental. I think that, that this is a this is an homage to the fact that we are very much this like this is one of the first signs of um like one of the first major signs. Again, we've we've gotten stuff before, you know, that we 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 saw Imperial Probe droids, we saw ITO interrogation droids in common ground. Um, but like this is one of the first real signs that this is not the imperialized republic. This is the galactic empire. I mean, the the fondness for bottomless pits is unmistakable. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> it's and, unmistakable. Yeah, um, and 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 it just and it this 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 episode I think does the best job at world building of any episode in this season, and this season does the best job of world building that any piece of Star Wars like content does. I think. Um, just period. I think this 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 episode is a masterclass in world building, um, and of the of, of the universe building of Star Wars. And I think it's one of the greatest examples I think that Disney Star Wars has done. Hundred percent agree. Absolutely agree. Yeah, and um, it's great. I love um, yeah, the infiltration of this space is so great. Um. And the fact that it's a, like we said, it's Echo that convinces Tech and Hunter to go in, um, to go into the to the base to try and rescue, um, to rescue Gregor, you know, because they, they, they are kind of leaning towards being like, okay, we're way in, way over our heads, we got to get out of here. And then it's Echo who ends up reminding them, hey, you guys did the same exact thing for me. On, on Skiko Minor. Minor, yeah, I love and that reference. Yeah. I'm shocked that like this is the first time that Skiko Minor was referenced in the Bad Batch. I'm shocked that it took us 14 episodes to get a Skiko Minor reference in there. Like that was yeah, a defining mean, moment in Echo's life. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I really hope that we're gonna see more. Like I said, when we see more of Echo, if we see more of Echo, we better see more of Echo in season two 
I really hope that they kind of tackle Skako Minor and you know, obviously yeah. how that impacted him, how he how it's affecting him, how he feels. Um but yeah, I think this is very interesting. It just shows that Hunter he always errs toward making sure to protect his crew and specifically Omega first. And that is really the driving force behind a lot of his decisions, even when you know the old him, the um the pre the pre-Omega hunter would have like immediately charged headlong in there been like let's get this guy let's do it you know yeah it, it it's it I, I i love the echo serves as the moral compass again i think i think it's a great balance i also love that little gag of though i think it's a little overplayed honestly but um i, I but of the um uh, of of echo going we gotta rescue him echo has a point um uh tech it might be risky oh tech has a point and I'm like, it's like, yeah. well, you gotta do it. Oh, yeah. the kid is the point. <laughs> I, I think, yeah. like, good job. Gotta love Wrecker in this. Gotta love Wrecker. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I love um, that kind of squad camaraderie. Um, and then we get, I feel like, so this episode has two purposes for me. It obviously has War Mantle, which we've covered extensively and then i think we gotta talk about this which is hunter is captured hunter slips off and you know it's that it's 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 horrible like you know we see him snap like 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 uh we see him land in the tree the branches snap he slows himself down with the knife and then we see the masses surrounding him just like they did gregor at the beginning of the episode and it is heartbreaking it is heartbreaking to see hunter um get captured by the empire yeah just hearing hearing omega omega's please we have to go back yeah. for him please please go back for yeah. hunter and, and, and even tech like all of them are, right at point are like like he has to order them to get the hell yeah. out of there it's um, a gut-wrenching moment for sure it, it is it is gut-wrenching it is horrible it very very well sets up the finale um and i and i i love that and um yeah it's um it's great and the 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 uh the confrontation between hunter and crosshair like the i was hoping to get the all of you but i only needed one is chilling they get that yeah. epic like they get those epic bass drums in oh i love the drum i love the bass yeah they bring the in bass the bring in the bass for this is for, what uh for, for crosshair yeah. yeah this is what um perhaps a too ambitious maybe too ambitious of a reference here but uh this is what luke skywalker meant in hostels on the hill when he said see if you can give it more bass this is that the bass very that true. he wanted very, very true go watch hostels on the hill go watch hostels on the hill go watch bad lip ring all bad lip ring stuff we're huge fans here um yeah every time i i i um uh anytime anybody references luke's uh gunner in uh empire i always go hey dak you got that backing track turn it on yeah go watch uh, go watch hostels on the hill by bad lip reading if you have oh, not and, and the seagull saga i mean see the, the seagulls. seagulls one is the classic i, the I was gonna say the so <laughs> seagull saga seagulls in my stick um yeah yeah oh yeah. a lot of gems yes a lot of gems there bushes uh, bushes can't forget bushes of love yeah 49 times 49 Obi-Wan. times um yeah but it's I, a it, it's yeah, fantastic. A lot of classics. Go check them out if you have not. On yeah. with the on with your regular scheduled yeah. programming. 
Yeah, where, where were I, we? I was <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna say this is the other problem I had with this episode of War Mantle, and I think it actually could have been fixed very easily. So I said before that I feel like this episode has two aspects to it. You know, the the War Mantle part of it, and then the having Hunter getting captured. And I don't think it does the first one justice. I think it real like I, I think it tries to do a little too much in one episode. And my fix for that, and and hear me out on this, is to make it a two-parter and replace infested with like the first part of War Mantle. Yeah. Like it, it seems it, for me, it seems a little obvious. Um, but like, again, I'm not like, again, it's very easy to say, oh, this is what I would have done. But like, I'm just saying, like, I, I think that the series would have been served better if we had given the idea of the, like that hard hitting, like Republic literally transitioning into the empire before your very eyes more time. Um, yeah. and like, because, cause I, I don't really feel like we got into it as much as I'd wanted to. Mm. What would you, what would you have liked to, to see? I, I, I think. Like really, if we just made this a two-parter, if if we if we, um, like if if they if they end episode one, like like part one of this with finding Gregor, and then mm. the second one's getting him out, I think that'd be. Oh yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I think that'd be good. I I, I really do, and um, and again, I like this episode a lot more than Infested. I really do. I just think that like, that very much it's like oh you see the republic is transitioning into the empire and that just goes all oh, right back to the plot um where as i feel like you know in many ways the republican the the republic tra- in many ways the republic transforming into the empire is the plot you know what i mean yeah it absolutely is the plot but i think they have to for the sake of the show kind of i think for the sake of the show not solely just being hardcore not necessarily fan service but for for the sake of it not just solely being like a lord we're gonna have like a just a an absolute festival of world building and everyone's just gonna nerd out and go crazy and it's gonna be so cool and like there's gonna be no actual plot and we're just gonna like show all the cool cool like wacky shit that's happening which like i would i would absolutely love that like i'm not i would absolutely love that if there's just like there's a show where they're just like this is like a freaking mockumentary about like the rise of the empire or something yeah but like that is not this show so i understand where they're coming from but i also i also strongly think like the more this the more this world building the more this scene setting the better and again here's the thing for for me it's like also like yeah provide more world building provide some more character development also you have the space because i don't know what i still don't really know what infested did um like the episode is literally right there um but again uh again i've been a lot more negative than i like than i usually like to be on this episode this episode i will just say about war mantle again i've already talked about like how crushing the hunter being captured is do we want to get too quickly about the kaminoan plot Ooh, yeah the kaminoan the kaminoan plot i'm a sucker you know i I think i gotta Got to bring back one of my favorite catchphrases, one of my favorite things to say. You haven't heard this one in a while. I am a sucker for, you know, peeling, peeling back, back the layers. layers. Peeling oh, back the layers. Oh, return of a king. Return, return of a king, of the, return baby. Of the layers. Peeling back the layers. Like Hell yeah. Onion. 
we're peeling back that Camino and absolutely bit bit we are, and we are kicks into high yeah. gear and it's so exciting yeah. here. so exciting and, and very much I love that this is the first sign of this and I remember we were all predicting this I remember everybody was theorizing oh there's going to be a Camino and clone uprising and this is the first hint that we're like oh no maybe there won't be Man, maybe the uh, empire will just crush. Maybe, maybe, maybe the Kaminoans have have a lot less power than they and we think they do. Um, yeah, and and, and I mean, it, that is Lama Su finds out as much. Oh yeah, and by the way, I had to check, but like the implication of the episode was that the door closed and then they executed him. Oh, that's absolutely the implication at the end. There's, yeah, that's absolutely there's, the implication. There's no like it's actually not confirmed anywhere that he died. Yeah, I think they want to keep their they want to keep their options open, but I mean, yeah, to me but, that's like, but like so canonically, canonically specifically, he he's still alive technically, but I do think the filmmaking intention was that he was that the door closes and then boom boom, body drops to the floor. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, and, Schro- and, and, Schrodinger's Kaminoan right now. <laughs> Schrodinger's Kaminoan. Yeah, no, it, it's just interesting to me that they. That they implicate that they inferred that he was killed, but then like didn't actually say it. And again, I'm yeah. not saying that's a flaw. I'm just saying like I wonder why they did that. Again, I think they might be keeping their options open, as you say. Uh, a lot of this I'm, stuff. I, I know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they just like offhandedly find a way to confirm it in season two. I think just yeah for the filmmaking purposes, they didn't have to like. It's yeah, right absolutely. there. It's obvious. Yeah. I, I, me, but I was in my summary. I looked this up a little early when I was doing my summary in the episode because I want, like, I want to say, "Oh, they killed him." I, but I, like, I, I, I knew, like, "Oh, I can't say that unless it actually can." They actually confirmed they killed him, and they didn't. So, like, it, it's, it's, it again. Schrodinger's Cam and Owen. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I love the Cam and Owen subplot. I love all the intrigue. So in this episode, they actually have. Um, the Empire actually has terminated all their orders. Um, yeah. And obviously that leaves... And we see that little discussion with Nala Say and Lama Su, or Nala Say is saying... Um, Nala Say is saying, like, oh, surely we'll have other... Um, you know, we'll have other opportunities. But like, And then, and then Lama Su says, yeah. um, the understatement of the century, the Empire is not like the Republic. I'm like... Yeah. Yeah, we noticed. I think this is such a great moment, though, because it's him. It's his realization of what has happened. When he, I can't remember what exactly he says, but he says, like, he says, like, we have allowed the Empire to, like, have a situation that is not advantageous to us right now. It's very, yeah. the way he says it is very but, euphemistic when what he should say is, we're royally screwed. Yeah, we are royally fucked. Uh, no, and, and, yeah. and, 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 and. I, I think we discussed this in a past episode, but like very much the Kaminoans treat a lot of their the, the people that were in their clone armies like assets. And they're finding out now what it feels like to be treated like an asset. Yeah. Cause Nala or yeah, Nala says like, oh come on, we can other people will like want our expertise. We can make clones for other people. And then Lama Sue is like, he's like, hell no, are you serious? You think the Empire is just going to let someone else buy out a massive clone army? Absolutely not. We're done for. Yeah. And then they try um, to escape. I wish we could see that. I wish we could have seen an episode of, like, Lama Sue, you know, desperately trying to escape as she's, you know, dodging the the, the stormtroopers, and then eventually they find her, and then 
Yeah, that would have been cool. That would have been it, it, cool that that would have been very cool. And I'm I'm tying back. And again, this is we haven't covered this in in this episode, and this happens very end of uh, Kamino Lost. Um, but there is that scene where um where Nala Say is taken to the planet of Wayland, um, yeah. by the Empire to pursue some cloning project, uh, Mount Cantus on the world of Wayland, which is a reference uh from the Thrawn trilogy. It was made uh. Or it was a cloning facility in the Thrawn trilogy where Thrawn had successfully cloned both the mat, the both, uh, both he had both made a dark clone of the Jedi Joris Sebaoth, um, having him become Jeru'us Sebaoth. And then he also made another clone of Luke Skywalker out of the hand that fell on Bespin called Luke Skywalker. Um, but that's a lot of backstory from Legends. Um, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because I, I still think that. The Kaminoans are going to have a role in season two, so I think absolutely like, they're. Yeah. I, I I don't their their story is not finished. Um, so very oh, much far like from it. so so very much, and I and I and I and we'll get into this um next episode when we talk about um well we talk about return Camino Camino lost, but like I I'm wondering what the Kamin the Kaminoans' final fate is going to be. Yeah. We know the fate of the world, but we don't know the fate of the 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 denizens quite yet. Oh yeah, it's gonna be super interesting. I think another thing. I think just another thing as well, is that. It was it was kind of shocking and thrilling in this episode to see you know throughout the series throughout this intrigue you know, Nala say had kind of been the one, she was kind of under um, she was under Lama Sue's thumb. He, you know, he had the power over her and she was passionate and personally invested in the clones, but he was the politician. And then in an instant, obviously, Rampart flips that and he's like, he flips the well, script. Actually, she's the one who's useful. Like she yeah. you're the one who needs to like you're the one who needs to be like begging for mercy because and 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 that like hits me in a specific way because again, that is stuff that they said to the clones. Um, that is basically the plot of Clone Cadets, that first episode that we ever watched of the Clone Wars. Basically, Domino Squad, which includes Echo, by the way, um, has to basically fight to, like, not be consigned to janitorial duty. Yeah. Um, and, and and to be useful. And again, they end, up, they, they end up being very useful, the two of them that are left after a few seasons anyway. Um, but... But this is this is absolutely the this is absolutely a clone cadets at esque dilemma for the Kaminoans, which is so interesting yeah. to flip the script like that. Um, but uh, let's see. Do you have anything else for this episode? No, I thought this was a this was a fantastic episode. The mystery, I thought it was very good. The messaging, it was. I thought it was on point. Absolutely. Um. Uh. Before we wrap up, let me let I want to talk about some stuff that's happening. Uh. Within a galaxy in the future, we're going to be taking a short break because, uh, Jake and my lives are going to get a bit busier. Um. In the coming weeks, but uh, we won't be gone for too long, and I'll tell you what's happening. Um. Uh. In the future, so this is posting on December second. Uh, we're recording that far before then, but this posting on December second. Um, so, uh, there will not be an episode out for the next two weeks. The ninth, we won't, we won't be posting an episode on the ninth or the 16th, but, um, 
uh we're going to be doing a lot uh over the back half of december and january um starting with um we are going live tuesday night tuesday december 20th we are going live um let me just check that one one, one more time again i'm right i just want to make sure um yeah yeah tuesday night we are going live um with Alden Diaz and Tori Fox of Octo Radio. And Eli, you might want to edit this out if this actually doesn't happen. Bill Sheehy, Trey Mitchell, Trey Mitchell, and Jessica Schloth of uh Skywalking Through the League. Um, Ooh. and we are talking about um the Book of Boba Fett. Uh as you know, as you've as you've known if you you've been on Twitter, which I know Jacob hasn't, but um there's been a lot of discourse about about uh, people comparing shows to other shows, and the book of Boba Fett for me has been bashed a little too much. And I love that show, and I want to celebrate that show because, if you remember, um, uh, eight days from our stream, uh, it will have been a year since the release of Stranger in a Strange Land, the first episode of the book of Boba Fett. So we thought both because because I want to show the book of Boba Fett a bit more love, and because it's the one year anniversary of the book of Boba Fett. We would do a live stream, uh, and then we'll continue with our um, regularly scheduled programming um, that week. Um, our next official episode of In the Galaxy will be episode 91, uh, covering Return to Camino and Camino Lost with, also edit this out if this is not going to happen, Eli, with Boop and John from the Nerd Herder podcast. We've been on their show. I've been on their show many times before. Jacob also has been on their show many times. Uh, good friends, and I'm so excited to have their to get their thoughts about the final two episodes of Star Wars: The Bad Batch. Uh, it's gonna be awesome! I can't wait. Although I do have to say, since I am a, uh, I am very much a non non Twitter person, especially compared to um a lot of the uh podcasting people. But I will say, um, I think that uh I think that um discourse. Especially in Star Wars, I have to say at this point, I'm just convinced that discourse is a euphemism for um the online equivalent of uh that scene from Community where um Donald Glover walks through the door with a the box fire. of pizza yeah. and everyone's like rolling around on the ground and like swinging around the shirt that's on fire. That, that, and, like, that is that yeah. is the nice way of putting it. That, um, is, that is a nice way of putting it. Yeah, it, it, that is the nice way of putting it. But um, but again, um, we 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 we. We believe here in galaxy and positivity. Like, we do. ignore everything we said in this episode. We agree. Well, well <laughs> nah, I think I'm there's a difference. That. I think there's a yeah. difference between um. I think there's a difference between like criticizing something that you don't like and like talking about why we do or don't like something. Yeah. Which I think is what we do, and then just like kind of throwing like basically mud slinging and you know, yeah. getting into shit fights and, oh, you know. Oh, absolutely. Whatever. I'm just stuff. saying, and I think like, I, I, I'm not saying that we don't live up to that. I'm saying like this episode was weird because we didn't, because I didn't, because we didn't like these episodes as much as we'd like some others. So I was saying you might not be able to tell from this episode, but I promise you all of our past episodes indicate that we like yeah. being positive on here. Um, uh, uh, and, and we want to promote a positive space and that's what we, we built we our circle yeah. around. Um, and we want to continue that going. And I'm very excited to uh, to talk with Alden and Tori and Bill and Trey and Jess um, about the Book of Boba Fett. I'm also very excited to talk about Boba John. 
Um, I'm also excited for Epic Confrontations 8, which is going to happen uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, we'll probably record it in the middle of December. Uh, again, details to follow. Uh, if um, Check our social media for updates about that kind of stuff. Speaking of that, um, uh, so yeah, uh, next week we're off, but you know the schedule because I just laid it out all, all for you. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter at InAGalaxyPod for as long as that exists. Um, uh, uh, um, Instagram at Star Wars and Galaxy. We now have a uh, we now have an account on the new Twitter substitute Hive, um, which a lot of our Star Wars friends have been flocking to at In a Galaxy Pod on Hive. Hopefully, like again, worst comes to worst, Twitter goes down. I will probably also start at OG3 Fan327 on Hive. It is now on Twitter at In a Galaxy Trivia on Twitter. Again, probably we'll start that up on Hive. If Twitter takes a turn for the worst, we just don't know right now. Um, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast, we will be there. If we're not, email us, swnagalaxy at gmail.com. Um, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We post up confrontations and we do live streams uh, like the uh, stream we're going to do um, that I've officially, uh, that, I, I, that I've unofficially started calling the stream of Boba Fett. Um, uh, and uh, I think that's it. Until next time, may the force be with you. Always. <laughs>